0: Welcome to this edition of the Not So Common podcast. Back with me is an old friend. Yeah, I can call you that, Richard Masucci, Review Tech USA. Rich, what's going on? Nothing much. What's up with you, Pat? Glad to be back on again. Nothing much. You've had a pretty busy year. From what? Fatherhood, <laughs> moving into a new place, relaunching the channel. How's yeah. it? How's it, How's it like having a, a little guy running around? your place he's actually the easy part the move (laughs) because
1: i I had to move out of our old place i moved into an office and it was like two huge moves because we i didn't just move my crap into the office it was like we redid everything so it was it was like moving two houses at once it wasn't
0: even just
1: the move and we you know it was a pain in the ass moving sucks
0: oh absolutely i mean i moved across the country in 2009 and that was you know putting up with uh these, these guys that I had to pay to move my stuff, these Eastern European guys who are like partly criminals uh, that <laughs> I had to like – basically extorting extra money out of me to move my stuff. But um, So you had to move your, an office that you worked out of as well as your house and now you have a, your own office set up I can see in mm-hmm. your new place. So how is that working out? Phenomenal. Um, it was scary, which we'll get about in a minute,
1: but, uh, yeah, it was, it was a good move. I mean, we're still working out kinks. I mean, obviously seeing the background, it's not even done yet, but it was great. It was a risk that was well worth taking.
0: What do you mean in terms of risk? Just the, the, the time commitment, the money for the new equipment? All all the above. Um, I, we might as well talk about this now.
1: I saw with my channel and I think it kind of happens with every YouTube channel, um, no matter how big or small it is, I saw that things were getting stale. I, To put it lightly, I overstayed my welcome with uh, gameplay for way, way too long. I tried some other formats. I flipped, flop back and forth. And I just saw, like, it was just my channel was getting stagnant. I just saw the numbers were going like this and just staying like that. And it was like, I'm like, oh, man, I can't keep this up. So, when we moved, and beyond the fact I couldn't really upload crap for almost a month and a half when we moved, um, I was like, you know, I need an office. You know, I, I, between kids and just needing a place where I could just go and work and, and do a change to my format, I need an office. And a buddy of mine who shall remain nameless, he wants to remain nameless, which I understand, he does film directing and stuff for a living. And I was like, yeah, man, I got an office. And without even asking him, he he made up this blueprint. He's like, yeah, this is what you should do with it. I'm like, okay. And he's like, here, you need this. You need to buy this. You need to buy this. Your camera sucks. You need to change this. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) okay. So I need to empty out my bank account too. But, you know, we did it, man. And he came through. We repainted the place. We did all. He had this whole – he literally did have a layout that he drew up
0: and – it worked, you know. It cost a lot of money. It yeah, I see. I for- see. I see the lights behind you. So you have a new microphone. You have probably new, new- lighting. I saw you had the the nice desk laid out. You have the the nice LCD monitors behind you, like you're doing CNN nightly news. So- <laughs> it was it was crazy, and, and it's scary too. Because
1: here's the thing, you know YouTube. There's no guarantee with shit. Okay, I mean I'm very thankful that I've had the run that I've had on here. But you could try a complete change up with your channel. And it could implode. You know, it's just how people, you know, they they want, if something doesn't click with them, they're like, yeah, I wasn't feeling it. Like my other format changes, no one was really feeling. But this one, everyone was like, oh, shit, I really like this. It worked. And, you know, I took a gamble. It was a huge risk, and it was worth the risk. I'll be feeling it financially for a while, but it was worth the risk.
0: Why do you think? People are, are liking the change Is because it seems more personable They're actually seeing the face behind the channel It's like they can identify with the individual
1: I don't even know if it's that Because there was other times I did the face behind my face and it, it, it just I think it, it was just more polished It didn't feel like a band-aid Like I was just either standing in front of a webcam I even tried me standing in front of gameplay That didn't work out well You know, it, 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 everyone everything else I've tried Feels like a band-aid Whereas this felt like it was something that was really thought out and more permanent you know so
0: just professional enough for for standardized you know format because that's really I think the the give and take on YouTube is that you cannot put too much time and money behind an effort and then have it fail because then you're out of that forever so it seems like you you need a a change up you had an idea you put some money behind it maybe didn't break the bank totally but it, it cost you a little bit but maybe that's what that maybe that's just what you need you just need a, a you know kickstart Because I think you've seen it before too there are channels I don't care if they have
1: five million subs or, or 50,000 that they're too reluctant to the change. And I've seen channels fail because of that. And I did. I I thought I saw myself becoming that because I wasn't willing. Because I would get scared off too. It was partially my own fault. Like I would try a format change, and you know, if I got any flack with it, I'd be like, "All right, I'm just going back to you know gameplay. That's it." And like, you know, because it is scary to do change. But if you don't and you become stagnant, that's how I've seen channels throughout the years fail because people just get bored. I've gotten bored of channels.
0: Yeah, I, I, on my channel, I think um, I have to change it up. Uh, I think I, I'm restricted. One of the reasons you probably move is because you were restricted by space for, for doing what you want to do. Like you probably couldn't do this nice studio setup in your last place. So uh, I hopefully... I, I am trying to eventually move, and when that happens, I can then think about, okay, what can I change? I can experiment more. I can have a dedicated area like you have now. But then who knows? Maybe the podcast looks a little cleaner, a little newer, and maybe that's all it takes to some people's mind because, like you said, you've been around a long time. The po- My podcast has been around for you know uh, four, almost four and a half years, and maybe some people just need something different at, at, after a time.
1: Well, your podcast is great, though. No brown-nosing intended. You're one of the
0: <laughs> only ones I, I support on Patreon,
1: you know what I mean? So, Oh, thank you, Rich. Yeah. But, but I, in
0: terms of the YouTube audience, though, like the YouTube audience has probably stayed exactly the same the past year and a half on, on the channel. And the audio podcast has done about the same. It's tough to grow an audio podcast without guerrilla marketing, really, because it's not like it can be found. Podcasts can't really be found by accident. Unlike YouTube videos and algorithms, a podcast is out there. You have to search for the topic you're looking for or a friend has to recommend the podcast. So I think there – I'm not disappointed that there hasn't been a huge amount of growth in the podcast. But the YouTube channel is sort of minus plateaued, uh, which is fine. I think fine. it happens to everybody
1: though. Like I've seen huge – like Philip DeFranco, I mean there was a while where he was – not getting great views and great growth it's just weird how like you like you go through these phases it's also about change too like I just talked about but it's just like you know I don't know if it's algorithms on YouTube change and then the algorithm goes back in your favor but then there's it seems like everyone goes through this period where their channel just kind of flat lines for like a year plus it's kind of it, it, I don't think there's anyone who hasn't gone through that is it the test? The test to keep going. <laughs> test not. Maybe to quit? it is. Maybe they want. Maybe he's like a YouTuber. Are we going to keep like you know promoting this guy or, or putting him in our algorithm. He's going to stick around. Let's test him out and see if he does. Who knows? I'm, I'm only half kidding. That might be the truth.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm an old man when it comes to YouTube in general. Uh, just not just for my actual age, but for the time I've been around. Uh, I was recently at an event where. There were three other younger YouTubers. Like probably the oldest one was probably 26, maybe 27. And the average age is probably 25, 24. And it was like the Saturday night and we're all hanging out. Uh, One is uh, actually called Treesicle. He's actually one of the only other local YouTubers. He's in San Diego. Um, And these guys all have sizable audiences. Uh, A couple have much more much bigger audience and and these are kids that you know probably out of college started doing youtube videos or even skipping college i'm not even sure but i'm just i'm trying to just talk about my experiences and give them advice uh you know like how i always talk about youtube being a means and not necessarily an end uh diversify uh try different things get your name out there and before i know it they're i'm like holding court and i'm just rambling and they're like hanging on my words and i'm like oh my god am i like some sort of weird older paternal youtuber now to to, to some of these up and comers,
1: we are are, man you know I'm I'm basically I'm 36 I think you're the same age as me maybe a little bit younger I'm not sure yeah like we're OGs man I started I don't know when I think you started what in 08 uh yeah that's basically when I started I didn't really per like push YouTube honestly until 2011 but yeah, I started uploading videos in 08. so these you know that that's like ancient times. Like some of these guys now that are adults were like in, like eight years old or nine
0: years old when they, they they when we were starting. You know what I mean? Isn't that crazy? I also though I think it's it's uh, I always hear the not the rumors, but I guess the algorithm favors newer channels even. So like if you if you start a newer channel, your content might be favorited versus dinosaurs like us that have been around forever. There might be something to that. I don't know. Maybe maybe Google wants to help promote uh, original content that has been out there for a while and give it a little bit of a boost. But, I, but it seems like almost like if I actually started over, like let's say I started over with the exact same content with a new YouTube channel, I, I wonder what would happen. I wonder... With, I wonder if it would, the algorithm would have me find a different audience out there that wasn't there before. Would the, would the older audience be able to find it? I mean, it's mysteries. It's all inside the little Google box, the algorithm, about how it actually works, which is scary. It's a
1: weird risk. You, you can't. We couldn't really take that risk. But it is interesting to see where our, our channels would be with the same content, like say we started now. You know what I mean?
0: Because I don't know, maybe we maybe it wouldn't work out. <laughs> you could also be that side of it too. I've seen quality content from creators, and they just can't get back, can't get past like ten thousand subscribers. They can't I get past get fifteen thousand. And I think it's either there's just too much content now, and, and not enough new eyes on it to justify maybe Google pushing it. There's certainly not enough ads to go around on on YouTube. That's not <laughs> a secret. Yeah, uh, not nearly enough. So maybe maybe it's just like if you started too late you're too late unless there's some very specific content that's very hot like you're covering like say, say when Overwatch first came out you name your you name your channel Overwatch gameplay and news you know and you start uploading tons of Overwatch stuff and then everyone finds it and then uh, youtube's like oh my god let's point people to these videos and then your channel just explodes maybe it's one of those sort of deals or, or a player on battlegrounds would be another I see channels
1: blowing up with that right now. I can't understand that game for the life of me. And maybe that's because I'm old too. It's funny, I was watching <laughs> one of your podcasts where it was like, I think Ian was saying, like, yeah, I was playing Destiny 2 and I don't understand why I thought it was fun. And, like, <laughs> and it's so true, man. I'm I, I tried I mean, there's people actually older than me. I know our friends on Facebook that play and they love it, but I'm like, all right, I get out of the fucking plane. And I, I come down in the parachute and I'm shot dead as soon as I hit the ground. Like, so what the hell am I doing? But everyone loves that game. But my point being, though, it's like, yeah, that, that, that's a big thing now. It's almost like Player Unknown's Battlegrounds now is like what Call of Duty was like in 2011, 2010 on YouTube. Like, that was like
0: everyone who did Call of Duty back then, their channel blew up. Sure, so maybe that's the key. You find a new hot game that comes out, you create a new channel, you name it that game, you put that in all description and SEO, and then eventually you just start doing other content that has nothing to do with that game. Like, like, like think about all the Minecraft channels. They probably had to switch at some point or eventually have to switch their content, right? Or they just be will be dead. But they yeah. start out with, with that content, and that's what helps them get that boost. Unless
1: there's, like, I, I know who the hell is the one that all, like, the little kids watch. I forgot his name. I what Anyway, but you... It's weird though, because a lot of those channels, it, like they they have that period where they blow up real quick, and they also contract real quick too. Like, yeah, okay, you and I aren't like you know we're not we don't get a million views a day, we don't get you know five thousand subs a day, but we stay around. And whether our ch- we both of our channels have gone stagnant, believe me, that's happened to me too many times. But we still last though, and still get enough viewership to maintain ourselves. You ever notice how these? Big channel, perfect one I could think of, and not throwing mud at him, but it's just the truth, like uh, Epic Mealtime, had that huge explosion, and then it was just like, I mean he was still getting views even like in 2013, but it just was like that one year, and then it was just down, 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 and now he's getting less views than channels with one-tenth of his viewer uh, of his uh, sub uh, subs, couldn't think of the right word, but I think I see that a lot with those channels where they get that huge bump and explosion. And it never lasts. There's never a long tail with it.
0: So you think that's because it's like a, a the contents a fed, or that's what's yes. hot right then, and it's and it's less about the personalities behind it versus. All right, you want to learn about? I'm looking at some of the videos. The all bacon burger, you know, you want to you want to learn about the one million calorie lasagna. Like look at their newer stuff.
1: Like look like a week ago because you could actually see when a video is how to run. Like they're getting like maybe
0: a hundred thousand views, maybe even not. Oh, um, yeah it looks like the videos from a few years ago were getting millions millions of, the, of views, and now you look at the latest ones. you're kind of right about this uh one a week ago sixty three thousand views uh French toast cookies. so do you think that's just part of the game like is it is it hard to feel sorry for channels that at least benefited at one point from the algorithm and quote unquote the system and now it's like well, you got it you're in the you're in and now it's out i mean it's just that's just the way life is partially but like
1: if you look at uh, it was funny there was a YouTuber I love watching his stuff and he explained like Gamer from Mars made a video on Epic Mealtime and it's just they're doing the same stuff that they were doing back in 2010 when they blew up you know what so, I mean? So it's just people got tired of it. It could people got tired of it, and you know that's the thing about like changing and trying new things. And if you do, th- like, how many more ways can you take fucking bacon and make it into something? You know what they've been doing not, it now not for enough seven ways. years. <laughs> I mean, yes, I, I believe me, I love bacon, but yeah, it, you know, everyone's like, "Oh God, they're doing something with goddamn bacon again!" Like unclick, or I'm just not going to watch it. It's weird how people. It's weird how people don't unsub; they just stop watching.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at Epic Meal Time. They have seven million subscribers, and, and the, the the video from a few days ago has fifty nine thousand views. So you're talking about a huge amount of attrition. And plus, you know, YouTube's no longer recommending. I mean, like we know all know about the YouTube system where if, even if you're subscribed to a channel, it doesn't necessarily mean it'll show up in your feed. Because <laughs> oh YouTube, god, there's YouTube, so
1: many people that complain to me that my videos don't show up
0: in their feed. So that can be part of it too. Naturally, YouTube decides, well, you had enough of this channel's videos. Maybe you skipped a couple the past week. So why are we going to show you the new one? You know, well,
1: YouTube's I, thing is so weird to me, and I, I don't know. Maybe you could explain the logic behind it. Maybe you agree with me or disagree with me. There's the subscriptions tab is not the first tab that you see. Wouldn't you think the stuff that you subscribe to is what you want to first see in your feed? But it
0: isn't set up like that. I, I think I think what YouTube had to decide at one point probably was they're thinking about people that are subscribed to like 50 channels or 100 channels, where like with Twitter, you can easily go down your timeline of who you're subscribed. And I'm only following on Twitter less than 100 people because otherwise I couldn't keep up. But they're probably thinking, okay, there's no way if I'm out watching YouTube for years and I'm following 500 people, I can't get a feed of all these videos from 500 channels. So YouTube basically had to come up with a way to decide who, what videos are you most likely to actually watch in your feed. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. That was probably what they were thinking. Was, it makes sense. It's we kind have of what to, we I was have thinking to, too. We have to filter this down to something manageable for the people out there or else they're going to be overwhelmed by all these choices. And then maybe obviously there's something built into the back end where YouTube probably recommends those videos that are most likely to play an ad in front of it. That would make sense. I mean, uh, Alphabet slash Google has to eventually turn a profit with YouTube. You would think, or would want to. So that's probably what they're thinking about when they're doing that. So there's a lot of issues there. I don't think there's going to be a good way to solve it necessarily, especially when you have how many new channels are popping up every day. I mean, at this point, thousands like
1: for on top of that, too. What is it like? Four hundred hours of video a minute is uploaded to YouTube. They must just have like ma- like big like eighteen wheelers uh, filled with servers that just come in and out of like. How the hell else do they do it? It has to be
0: literally almost something like that. Like, which is why I had to respond to a tweet you made about like someone ha- has to come up with an alternative. And I mean, who who could possibly front the money and then go? This many, many years, over 10 years now, without being in the black on something as big as, as, big an infrastructure as YouTube is. You're talking about a monumental undertaking. The only one that I could see taking that risk that
1: would have the financial clout to do it, even though they're not nowhere near as much as Google, is, uh, I would say maybe Amazon and they're kind of sort of doing it with Twitch even though they haven't really I know that I've talked to someone there who is actually thinking they really want to get into the user generated content more I think that would be interesting if they became a viable competitor
0: well I think the difference though with with uh Twitch is that the the vast majority of the stuff being streamed there's they don't have to keep that store anywhere right if you're I think if you're white, if you're uh, if you're a partner, your stuff is stored for a couple months. If not, your stuff is stored for a few days or something well, that, like
1: that. That's what I'm saying. I think they want to actually do kind of what YouTube is doing with the user-generated pre-uploaded stuff where they start keeping it. That's at least what I was – what I've heard and what was told. We'll see if that actually comes to fruition though.
0: But I think I, I think the challenge will be though is that if unless there's a, some sort of a gateway in front of who can upload stuff. I mean that's the problem with YouTube. There's no gateway for YouTube for uploading content, creating a channel, which is one of the reasons why we got into this mess with Adpocalypse and being content that's hard to manually control, which is why you have machine learning now to figure out what content's good and bad, but with Twitch I don't think they're going to have those issues I don't think they want to have those issues because, uh, first of all, Twitch is already probably profitable for them, because there's there's a gateway to becoming a partner, not everyone can do it, so you're going to have less stored information Uh, but Amazon is trying content out from user submissions, so to speak, with Amazon Direct Video, which is where the video game years is now doing very well. But but there is a gateway to that. It's not like I could do this or do a vlog and upload it to Amazon Video Direct and get monetized. You have to have closed captioning for all your videos and your content has to be pre approved before it's ready to go. So I think Amazon might or might be so far learning from the YouTube mistakes, not necessarily mistakes, but where their business is, and maybe move away from it, because obviously Amazon is, is super profitable. Amazon's going to take over the world within the next 10 years, probably. So why would they delve into you know the money pit where Google is right now at YouTube, or, or try to top it or just do their own thing? Because Twitch is doing great. Well, there's many positives
1: to what YouTube is doing too. I mean, there was some – one of the things I'll always disagree with, I remember I think it was in 2013 it happened where YouTube made the announcement, oh, anyone now can monetize their videos. Just sign up for it. And I was like, that's an awful idea. <laughs> that, I don't agree with that at all. That means that anyone can put God knows what content up and put ads on it. And, and I was like – Eventually, that's going to lead to disaster, and it kind of did. I'm not saying that I was right, but po- a portion of what I thought was going to happen did, you know. But at the same time, what makes YouTube successful is that that big variety. Like even the CEO of uh, Susan, uh, her last name I, f- I fails to come to me right now. Wojcicki, Wojcowsky, Yeah, I can't say or if I say it wrong. I'm, I, I apologize. She said that's part of what makes YouTube what it is: is the texture of content, you know. So. Yes, what Amazon is doing is smart, but if, if YouTube did that, it would, YouTube would implode because that's what makes people, that's what draws people to YouTube is that large variety of content of different, you know, production values.
0: Yeah, so you basically have three different uh, audiences right now. You have Twitch, you have YouTube, and you have Amazon Prime slash, you know, slash Hulu slash Netflix. Three different models, three different audiences, I, I would argue. Because Video Game Years, very uh, well-produced show, very t- time intensive. A lot of money put into it. I wasn't paid to work on it, but other people were. Um, and then it goes on YouTube, and it makes dick. It doesn't make back a tenth of its budget. And the budget was was too, was too low to begin with just to get it made. It goes on Amazon Prime, and then since they want that content, and maybe that's what people want, more qu- quality, uh, episodic content, it does better there. That's where it can actually find some sort of audience on there. So... That's just that's the way it is.
1: Well, that's great that it's doing well there because I was. That, that's a perfect example of of being like almost like forgotten about it. There's so much great. You mentioned it before. There's so much great content on YouTube, and I look at the view count. It has like four thousand. I'm like, how does this have no views? It's it's entertaining. It's well produced. It's
0: well researched. and It has crap views. Well, because that's that's. I mean, YouTube's not interested in pushing it. I, I mean, yeah. retro gaming content in general is such a niche. Less than ten percent. Of of gamers are quote unquote probably retro gamers. So the be, the best way to fail at being a YouTuber be a retro game channel, versus being, you know, versus being a modern like you said, you'd be a Call of Duty channel four years ago, you blow up, you, you know, Overwatch channel, you blow up, Minecraft you blow up because that's what all the kids are playing. That's what the, you know, the, the you know the six to fifteen year olds are playing, and that's where the audience is on YouTube. It skews younger. We know that. We're an anomaly on YouTube versus being. The norm on YouTube, which sucks because I see channels like
1: Classic Game Room getting really hurt by that, you know. And he, there was a time that he was actually really big on YouTube, and his videos were getting great views. And, and it sucks. He's actually he's another one I support on Patreon, and I I think his stuff is great. And it's a shame to see him not getting that viewership like he used to.
0: It's also could be people moving on. Uh, so N- Nintendo and Atari stuff. Especially if you're into the old, you know, first generation or quote, sec, quote, technically second generation of consoles, which would be the 2600, you know, and Television Odyssey Two. Those people that had those consoles are now in their mid 40s at the youngest in 50s, in 50s, early 60s. They're not watching content on YouTube. They're just not. If you look at the demographic data, they're just not doing it. They're that's elsewhere. True. Either they just feel like it's not for them, or there's not enough content for them, or that's just not their lifestyle. They're elsewhere. You know, that's just the reality. and that's But that's what's happening now with the next generation. So the NES stuff, and I've talked to other YouTubers that have said like, yeah, the stuff we did about Nintendo, original 8 and NES games, that's not as strong anymore. We have to move on to N64 and, and Super Nintendo, and now it sh- the audience has shifted to that. So it could be that as well. The audience just shifts interests. You know, and I also think too, I mean,
1: retro gaming is still a huge thing, but I think Absolutely. there was a boom period on YouTube where retro channels seem to thrive more than they do now is it, I think it was like an 09 and 010, I think is the best way, like where retro channels did get more viewership than they did now. Like I think that's also part of it too. And that's something I didn't think of. You're right. You know, the people that may have watched Mark 10 years ago may have moved on because they just don't watch YouTube at all anymore. You know what I mean? Or whatever the
0: case may be. Yeah, they they might have a family now. They might have kids. Maybe they're not collecting anymore. They don't have time to play. Or maybe they're just tired of the content. You know, like, the, you watch the same, it's like, it's like a TV show. I used to, you know, Modern Family, one of the best shows on TV. It's like, you know, like, it's seventh season. I'm just, don't, I just don't have any interest in watching anymore. I did for the first five years, and it's probably still as well written, but I've seen it already. I've seen 120 episodes. Why should I watch anymore? You know, sometimes you get to that.
1: That's kind of what happened with me with The Walking Dead. I was so into The Walking Dead. And it, it was just, like, I remember, like, I, I was, like, sick, like, a few years ago. Like, we like a... 24-hour, 48-hour stomach bug, and I just binged, watched it, and I d- became obsessed with it. And then, like, 2016, I just stopped. You know, it just it just happens. It's kind of the point of what we're making is just sometimes you just, you
0: something clicks and you move on. And unfortunately, though, when you're talking about YouTubers, that's their entire livelihood, and that's their entire life. It's not like an actor on a show. Yeah, their show ends, they get another job being an actor somewhere else, or a director or a writer. With a YouTuber, this could be it. You could have your few years in the sun, and after that, after the algorithm changes or no one wants that content anymore, the ride's over, especially if you know how to adapt to it. But the th-
1: thing is, see, that you, you adapted to it. We, we both kind of adapted. You adapted to it too. And I think a lot of the podcast has to do with that. I think that's definitely helped your channel continue to stay
0: relevant if you think about it. The po- if I didn't do the podcast, I wouldn't have a channel. Which I think is funny because when people used to get on me originally in the start and now more and more, but they're like, well, we we subscribe to – we subscribe for the NES Punk videos. And it's like, well, really? Did you? Because no one else did. Because because I have three times as many subscribers now versus before I started the podcast. So you can't make that argument, especially when uh, unlike you out there, I know how little views those NES Punk videos did. I know that none Google of them. Views, I, like if
1: I look at them, even like your
0: recent ones, don't they get over like don't they get like six figures? Y- yeah, but I'm talking about when when they came out five years ago, six okay, years okay, okay, seven okay. years ago. I'd be lucky to get ten thousand views on YouTube. Obviously, back then, ten thousand views meant a lot more but you can't live off that you can't have a thriving channel and 10,000 views on videos no. that come out on videos that come out once a month so when I, there was a time period where I can do one a month for NES punk videos but that's all I was doing and that's when it was purely a hobby and I, and honestly the quality sucked i can't go watch the first like 3 to four years of my videos, those NES Pump videos, versus what they are now. It's, probably, it's like South Park. Like, I'm sure Matt and Trey can't really go back and watch the first few years versus the, the last few years because they've matured. The tone is different. Maybe their, their jokes writing has gotten more sophisticated. And just overall, they're more comfortable with themselves. And so I think people... It's funny how people's memories are kind of fuzzy about these sort of things too when it comes to, uh, you know, do, do, what, do, do the videos why we subscribe to. And it's like, well, I wouldn't be around... If if that was a case, I just wouldn't.
1: It's just funny because I got uh, you know, well, actually talking production value, my production value sucked until about a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's just cheap and real. Well, your
0: production value was just gameplay footage, so <laughs> it was just game.
1: It was just gameplay. I overstayed my welcome with that way too long. But um, you want the leafy well, method, right? My <laughs> God, yeah, I, I milked that way too long, and I lost my train of thought. God damn it. That's all right. Anyway. Uh, Diversifying
0: content, high production quality a month ago.
1: Oh. <laughs> well, no. I, oh, yeah, I remember what I was going to say. It um, it, It's funny. I got into doing, like, news and current events. Honestly, it was half by accident because I don't know if I, I – I know I talked about this in a YouTube video. I don't think I talked about this with you and your podcast. I had a – Just Cause 2 was, like, my last – I f- consider my official review. I've done some other stuff after, but – and the company nice guys I'm not going to name them I don't want to throw them under the mud they gave me a copy of the game they said we want a review from you okay so I played the crap out of it for like four days did a review and I didn't like some aspects of the game I liked it I said it was good but it gave it like a three out of five or something like that and because of that they didn't give my because they were actually being sponsored by Square Square Enix the same guys who were behind the game they wouldn't put my review in the front so I wasted all that time doing all all the gameplay making the video and no one saw the video I'm like you know what man I need to change what I was doing (laughs) were you paid to
0: make the video or was it
1: not really no I wasn't they gave me a copy of the game you know so it was like all that was for naught I'm like I can't do this and and then I just realized I like talking about the current events in the industry and it just kind of clicked and it was because of me getting pissed off at that review that that happened
0: well there you go so that's what you found your niche you 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 had to evolve to survive and, and you're still here. I think any youtuber that can last your success if you lasted this long even as a hobby and you've kept up with it regardless of whether or not you can make a full living off it being a professional but let's talk about uh you you started getting into podcasting a little bit with a partner the the rich and red podcast
1: I did we're actually doing it we were supposed to do an episode yesterday, but I had no power at the office um that was fun. Um. Yeah, I actually started doing that with her, I would say, April of this year around, and it's done very well. We're actually switching over the format where we actually stream it live. We're still working the kinks out with that. Like, for example, if you're wondering why I'm looking down like a tunnel at Pat right now is because the way my webcam is, I got to <laughs> set that up different. But uh, yeah, it's worked out really well. We had a Patreon for it, but because we're doing a different format, we... Some of the perks that we had that were on there, we they weren't of value anymore, so we felt it was unfair to continue the Patreon. But we're going to find other ways between whether it be sponsorships or uh, you know just kind of getting um, super chat donations and stuff through that to keep it going. But it's been working out very well, and it's a lot of fun doing it with Liana. So how often will you be doing it, uh, streaming it on, on uh, Twitch? We try... Well, we're actually going to stream it on YouTube. Uh, we try, we try once a week. Sometimes it doesn't happen because she's in. She has like a, I think a show that she does up in Canada that's like actually syndicated and beyond. She does other stuff with her YouTube channel and other things. And I'm busy, so we try to get in once a week. Sometimes we can. Sometimes we, I think you do it like once every two weeks, right? With Ian, sure, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're, we're pro- we 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 kind of do, almost do that. We probably actually should do that. It would be smarter, but um, we try to do once a week, and then we get it uploaded to YouTube. Then we upload it to Podbean, which spreads it all over. On sure, Google, you do the same thing. Google uh, Google Play Music, so on and so forth. But and the nice thing about that is we talk about more things than I can talk about on YouTube. Due to apocalypse, like I can't talk about controversial topics as much as I used to. Well, so.
0: you can. I mean, it has to be monetized.
1: <laughs> you got the yellow dollar <laughs> sign. Like I actually got. I went off on uh people go getting all ass hurt about Wolfenstein too, and. Yellow dollar sign It said "Yeah, It stayed yellow And it said It was done by manual review
0: So That's really interesting that was actually A manual review Someone saw yeah. that And said We Someone don't want this montage Someone saw that And said yeah, nope, nope Do guys. you think Do you think uh, Not to get off topic Do you think Some channels are being Pre-flagged for that Because I don't think I've gotten really hit With those As much as I hear Other people And I've talked about Wolfenstein We've talked about Stuff like that Semi-controversial stuff And the only few times It's happened Honestly has been Because of PewDiePie Opening his mouth And, and saying something bad And there was always like It was, it to be auto flagged and then we click it for review then within 24 hours it got turned back on to uh fully monetized i don't know because
1: I, my, my, I would say all of my videos minus one they always get turned around so i'm not really sure like if i was on some kind of list why would they return them all around you know and it's not like i've ever violated terms of service or anything so actually i've never have i've never had it i had one copyright that was removed from my channel that was a strike, and that was it. So I don't really know why I would be flagged, or and like I said, most time, even sometimes in a few hours, the videos, if they do go into yellow, go back to green if I go get them reviewed. So I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying there isn't some kind of predisposition list, but you know, if I'm on it, then it's not really that big of a deal. You know? What oh, I mean? sure.
0: Well, there are about I think three or four different ad revenue tiers for YouTubers. So you're probably with the, with the whatever the majority of the eighty percent of us that are in the middle. You know, there's like top Google preferred. I think there's like five percent Google preferred, there's where we are, and then there's the bottom rung where advertisers have to opt into those channels. And I think that's where PewDiePie has ended up, where he went from one percent top ads to really pre-approved. That's what I've heard at least. He definitely got knocked out of preferred. That's that's a fact. Um, I know that for a fact, yeah too. So but his CPMs have probably taken a massive hit in terms of fill rate. He's probably gone way down the past uh, year, probably because of that, for sure. Wow. He, he's probably cost himself, himself, at least millions half of the revenue of he used to be, yeah. if not more. Um, so interesting. But getting back to your, your podcast host, how did you get in touch with Leona? How did you guys, you know, hit it off to decide to it do a was podcast? Funny,
1: she actually got asked me to do an interview on her channel because it had to do with Ashley Judd and how I went off on her for you know her whole thing with sexism in the game industry and like uh, you know and I pretty much called her out because I'm like you haven't played a damn game in your life so how could you you know what I mean sure and so she brought me on there to discuss it and we just kind of it was more so like a conversation than an interview I'm like man this would work really well as a podcast and there was something else that she interviewed me for and again it was that back and forth and I'm like, man, again, this would work really well. And I got I said, hey, would you think about doing a podcast? And you know, it would be like once a week. Which again, that might be too much. We should probably go once every two weeks, like you do. But yeah, and that's it. Just went off from there, you know,
0: and it, it's working really well. But that's the best. I mean, the conversation—it's natural. You have chemistry with the person. That's what a podcast is supposed to be, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, that's what you have with Ian. Like, you and Ian just basically, it's, hey, we're going to shoot the shit for an hour and a half, and you're going to listen, and it works. <laughs> you know, to some people, it just doesn't work with. Like, even there's some podcasts that are popular, and listen to, like, how do people fucking listen to this? It's painful.
0: It's really just A talks, then B talks, and then yeah. C talks, and then it goes back and it, forth like it's that. It's like, well, well Ted, what do you think about this? And then there's, like, dead air.
1: Well, Todd, I think that this is, like, dude, that's not, that's how do people listen to it. Like, if that was a radio
0: You'd be fired instantly if
1: you are on the fucking radio doing
0: that. Is that – well, I'm, you're probably talking about, like, larger gaming websites having podcasts. And it's like, well, they yes. have, a, built, they have yes. a built-in audience, so people are going to listen no matter what because they don't know any better, right? And
1: it's funny. I'm not going to name exact names, but then you look at, like, their followers and they're, like, less than your followers and less than someone else's. It's like, okay, yes, you're so-and-so, but it ain't working for you.
0: Well, sure. Those are salaried employees that they come on. Maybe they were writers. Maybe they were reviewers. Hey, we got a podcast. Let's start it. We have a built-in, you know, we have a million people visiting, say, IGN a day. If we do a podcast, we know we're going to have a certain percentage that's going to listen to it. So yes, there there is a corporate advantage. There absolutely is. Oh, Besi- of course. Besides having producers behind the scenes, be able to get stuff out quicker. I mean, we know, Ian, and I know that my channel will be uh, so much bigger in the podcast. We bigger if we did a weekly podcast to get the news out right away. A lot of the complaints we hear is, "Well, this is this is already a week old. This topic's a week and a half old." It's like, well. We don't have the time. I don't have someone producing it. I'm doing all the editing myself. Again, that's why after I move, I'm hoping we can change that, and if not, do a weekly podcast. At least have maybe like a hot topic comes out. Me and Ian could talk about it, get it out the next day, so we can cut it to your audience, Rich. So we can get the, the topic. It is what it is, man. It's part of what. <laughs> hey, competition's good.
1: Competition is what made me get off my fat ass and make this format. But but you know that's a lot, a
0: lot of a lot of the content people look for. It has to be okay. It came out yesterday or right now. Let's get the content out right away. The audience wants to see it and hear about it right now. They don't want to talk about it three days later. It's like the news. It's like the the nightly news. You have to talk about it now. And I, I had
1: to you know it's I had to, I had to hire a, I, mean, I had to hire a couple people I have a guy who comes through once a week and we do unboxings and he helps edit and he does the filming and I'm hired someone to actually take over thumbnails and do other things like sponsorships and stuff like that because I can't I can't do the news edit the news people I, I love people who say oh your job's easy it probably takes you like two hours a day I'm like man if I to I would I would announce it to the world and have a billboard at Times Square saying <laughs> my job only takes two hours a day. Yeah. i wish it was that if it took only two hours a day everyone else would have done it the same thing if figured figure it out yeah exactly everyone would have a, a channel on youtube they were making a living off of but it's not you know and it's a time investment and like yeah i get what you're saying like i had to to stay relevant with the news and the industry even political stuff i was like i gotta bring someone on like i can't handle it all i can't be the chef cook and bottle washer you know what i mean it's not a bad analogy you know, sure. and, and, and same with you. I'm sure that's stressful, man. I mean, with, and you don't just do the podcast. I know you do other things
0: too. Well, I have two podcasts now. Um, and then I also, I still try to do an NES Punk video now. And then and that takes the current one I'm, I'm working on. is the most research I ever did on a topic, trying to solve the mystery of something. I won't say exactly what. And then that'll come out. I'll put 60 hours into that. It'll get 75,000 views. It will make back the time that I put into it. But at least I know that's what the core audience might want. And it's actually interesting for me to do, even though I know there's no turnaround in that time investment. You know, that's, that's where I have to do the balance now. It's like, well, either I, I start doing something totally different. And I do want to get on Twitch and stream because I think I could do that. I'm already playing games. I'm doing a, the Super Nintendo guidebook. So I'm going to be playing all these Super Nintendo games anyway. Why not stream that? Build up a Twitch audience. I already have Diversify, some... yeah. Why not do that? It just makes sense to do that. But yeah, when it comes to editing, I'm already at my limits. And people are asking us, is it, you know, when Ian's getting better and he's t- going up and down, will, will we come back with the Let's Play show that we tried to and we we didn't get off to a great start? We only filmed it for a few weeks, so about a year ago, then Ian got really bad with his health. Will it come back? I don't know if there's time for me to do it. I just don't know. And then edit it myself. There's only so much I could edit and do. Besides, ask Frank, flea market man. This uh, people are saying, when is that coming back? And p- plus, working on another book, plus working on a documentary behind the scenes that might come out a year from now. So it's like this is what my life has become. So when when people ask me, you know, are you just a YouTuber or a YouTuber? It's like, yeah, well, YouTube is one of the many outlets that I've been forced to sort of dive into, and I think that's what I got to I- divert. That's oh, I'm
1: sorry. Be, you
0: mean it's good. No, that's why that's what going back to the younger YouTubers, I'm trying to encourage that. And it, so it's funny is that the older YouTubers, people my age around there, we've we've understood that since we've been around the block a bit, realizing this could end at any time, and if that happens, would I be screwed or not? And I can honestly say if YouTube ended tomorrow, uh, it, I would take a hit, but I wouldn't be screwed. Yeah, so, so that gives me you s- have
1: other avenues, yeah.
0: So that gives me some solace, at least, being that yo, know, I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be a markiplier with whatever 13 million subscribers, whatever he has. But at least I know that. Well, I have this other stuff going on that I could sort of keep busy with.
1: Well, that's, that's smart. That's something too. That's another reason why I hire people because I knew that's something else i have to do too because i that's another thing i did way too long is just solely relied on youtube and again you know do i see youtube in and of itself going in somewhere anytime soon but obviously now we've seen because of apocalypse how things could change things could change again maybe they might change for the better maybe they might change for the way worse sure and if you're not diversified whether you go like that i know boogie does that boogie 2988 A lot of his income comes from twitch so if youtube like implodes tomorrow he still has twitch you know what i mean so diversifying is important and i have failed miserably to do that until recently when we started getting stuff together
0: (laughs) yeah i think it's not the question of will youtube fail and go away it's like no it won't google's could take a hit with that or i keep calling google truly alpha but google could take a hit and keep it going plus they're probably using the wealth of knowledge based upon the demographic information and using it elsewhere and selling it elsewhere. You know what I mean? They know that, oh, they know what percentage of kids are watching this toy product's videos. They're using all that information. Oh, if they, of course it, they it, are, If yeah. they weren't, I I could probably go, okay, YouTube has to make a significant profit, but they're probably good with it being a little bit of a loss or breaking even because of that, because Google has many arms and this is just one of them, right? But if it wasn't, I would be concerned. But I'm still concerned, like you said, because the algorithms could shift and change. And then tomorrow they can decide, okay, we don't, we don't think your channel is good enough anymore. We're not going to recommend your videos to anyone. And you'll, we won't, you won't show up in search results. They can do that a drop of a hat to anyone. Any one of us.
1: That's another reason why I changed my format, too, because a uh, 36-year-old man talking over gameplay footage may not be appealing to YouTube to put out there. It it was just – there was just so many reasons why I had to do that, man. There were so many reasons, and it was – thank God I finally got off my ass and did it.
0: Absolutely. So let's talk about where you were wrong about something. (laughs) okay sure let's talk about the nintendo switch oh i was so wrong and i'm so happy to say that i was
1: wrong and i used to say that too. everyone who says to me that i was just a hater i used to say i hope to god i am wrong about the switch you did to your credit you did say that a year ago and i was and i was so happy i was wrong because it's an awesome system and i'm like like doom on the go gives me a boner. (laughs) <laughs> like, even, though it's only, even though it's only 540p 30 frames who you know? gives a shit you're going to be playing on a screen like this you know even it, actually i heard it 720p but let's not get nerdy and technical it doesn't matter it's still going to be a
0: fun game to play and you could now play it anywhere and it's the full triple a game but I, th- I think nintendo hit upon something that the the failure of the wii u showed them something that they were halfway there it's like oh playing games on a tablet that's cool but only being able to play to, on your tablet connected to some console wired to your TV—that was wrong. So it took the failure of the Wii U. I think to work out, you know, in their head they were halfway there. That that the, the, they th- were. The 3DS was staring them in the face. The 3DS is a massive success because that's handheld on the go, on the go. But these aren't necessarily AAA titles on the go. So. In a weird way They, they had to I think Fail at the Wii U To figure this out And I think they also sold like NVIDIA Was kind
1: of doing What the Switch is doing now They had the uh, the, the, the Tegra tablet um, I forgot what the hell The name of it Whatever it doesn't matter K1 tablet And you could actually Get a gamepad hook it up via HDMI to your TV and play full AAA games like Borderlands 2. But it was clunky, though. You'd have to actually... You didn't have a dock where you could just slide it in. You had to actually hook it up with a cable. Then you had to sync the controller. It wasn't a seamless experience. And Nintendo was like, wait a second, they're onto something, but they're screwing it up. So, like, hey, instead of beating them, let's join them. Hey, NVIDIA, make the chip for our system. We'll worry about making it more seamless, and it worked. Because I used to be pretty blown. I have the tablet. I play Borderlands. Borderlands 2, I'm like, man, this is great. I could take these games with me anywhere, and it's the full game. And Nintendo realized there was some value behind that, and they streamlined it. I think that was part of it, too.
0: I, I, I think that's where, the, the well... I, I'm not mad at you for for predicting the doom and gloom, but I think I was just b- disappointed that everyone has was predicting doom and gloom. I, I kind of I went off on uh, the MatPat video, and I could not believe that Nintendo even agreed to do a video with MatPat saying arguing why Nintendo should or should not go third party only. And not do hardware anymore. Because to me, the the facts were so self-evident, not just in terms of potential profit based upon the massive, wild success of the 3DS and the the Wii, why you do hardware. But the innovation factor about why you do hardware. Because if it wasn't for Nintendo doing this, like you said, there is a tablet that kind of did it. It wouldn't be uh, mainstream. It wouldn't no, be it selling like hot, hot cakes for this upcoming holiday season. Uh, Sony and Microsoft would never have tried it. And now you can make an argument that like maybe four or five years from now, there'll be like a mini Xbox One that Microsoft will try just because they're going to try to piggyback. I mean, you can make that case. They found a way And what's making it work And it was something
1: I never thought of Is they made it They made a a Hybrid console Powerful enough Yes it's not as powerful As the PS4 and Xbox One That for Say for example L.A. Noir, I brought this example up In videos Okay it's not going to be 4K Okay it's not going to have The super nice textures But it's still the full damn game That you're getting On the other two systems And you're getting two versions in one. You're getting a portable version you take with you, which is still the full game. It's no different. And you could play it at home. So you're actually getting more value. Maybe the game won't look as pretty, but it's still the same damn game. You're getting more value because it's a game you could take with you anywhere and play it at home when you have the full screen experience. So I think that's where people are like, oh, crap. You know, okay, it may not be as pretty, but I could do a lot more with it and spend the same amount of money. It's a travel con console now
0: I, I mean all the all the conventions i've gone to and i go to a lot every year i go to about 10 a year i know you do yeah um is that it's not like people are lugging around their ps4 or xbox one to go to these conventions It's not practical least. you can't but you can bring a little hdmi cable you can bring your switch your friend can bring your switch and you can go in your hotel room and plug it to your tv easily if not you can just party you know you know party play super mario kart you know the re-release, which I bought and still haven't played yet, and I I think that's where I don't know why no one saw the possibility of that. Like Nintendo was was slapping one everyone in the face on their original promo with all the hipster kids in their mid twenties playing it at parties and on the plane. That was
1: always interesting to me, and I said that initially that was brilliant. Is that they were showing adults, and you could see it like your young adults and adults playing the switch they weren't just showing kids like the, the Wii that Wii U that was their worst they finally when they finally started having commercials which they almost didn't in the beginning yeah now there's tons not. of
0: commercials this is great
1: yeah they felt like wow we need to market it. if you market things people <laughs> buy them weird weird concept Nintendo you didn't do it with the Wii U but with the Wii U like it was like they showed kids and the family and like that's not the demographic the demographic re- realistically is like a little younger than us than us and us You know, they're like, "Wow! if we show it and cater it to adults, adults will want to buy it. And it worked. And people know the system exists. And they showed the value with the commercials, too, of what the Switch is. And they didn't do that with the Wii U. The Wii U wasn't a bad system. I liked the Wii U. I liked it better, in my personal opinion, than the Wii. A lot of people disagree with me, but that's – but one of the things that killed it is they marketed it like shit. No one, no one, even years, and I've said this in my videos too. Yes, I know I'm going off on a tangent, but years after the Wii U came out, people still thought the Wii U was that the the gamepad add-on for the Wii.
0: No, no, Ian said that at Luna Video Games. He had people coming in years later saying that, "Oh, the Wii U is its own system, really." So that's a failure yeah. right there. When wow, I, I didn't know that. When I was at E3 2011, when they when they showed it off originally a, a year before it came out, you had journalists asking at the presentation, "Is this an add-on?" Or not, because by the presentation out of the gate, you couldn't tell because it it was the same shape and it was the same color originally, but way before the black one, it was just, it was just white. And there was no way, there was honestly no way to tell. You just couldn't
1: realize I hold to this. If they named the Wii U something different without the name Wii in it, it probably would have sold better too.
0: By default, it would have. I'm not sure how much better. I think it still would have failed due to the lack. Yeah, of Yeah, it third still would have been their
1: their poorest selling system because there's many other things they did wrong with it. But it, it was. It would have. A, a lot of people were confused to even know it existed. Years after it came out, people didn't know it existed.
0: Speaking of the success of the switch, and we can get into uh, people, you're, of course, you're great because you admitted, hey, I was wrong about this, but many people out there are not accountable to them being wildly incorrect about predictions. It's like people that predict sports. They can predict, oh, the Giants are gonna be, aren't going to beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl, and 99% of them didn't. But the next day, how many admitted, hey, I was wrong, and here's why I was wrong? Not many. They just move on to the next thing. What's the next thing I could talk about and, and be seen as an expert about? But this is a report yesterday: is that the switch has already sold seven point six three million, a million, and that's in about six months.
1: Six and, and a half months. They
0: predict it to actually outsell the Wii U by
1: next year, by spring of oh, next full year, full lifetime, in it its full lifetime. That's, that's incredible, crazy again they're they're making good they're going with third party they're making good games now you have an amazing mario game which i still have not played yet and my son lost my other switch games so that's a whole different he story lost his- <laughs> oh god Eddie, but you know and people are like this thing is awesome we're going to be able to play doom and mario do 2016 doom and mario odyssey on the same system that's nintendo from like back in the early
0: 90s Yeah, well, that dude wasn't that great on Super Nintendo, but at least I had it on the Super Nintendo. God. I think
1: someone said they, I I don't know if you know, stop skeletons from fighting. He's a YouTuber. And he, um. about Derek Derek
0: Alexander? Uh, I don't know. Happy video game. I don't know.
1: He used to be. He used to be the happy console. Yeah, he did a video. I think called Punching Weight. And I think he said he, there was literally thirteen pixels, or maybe that was Wolfenstein, but one of the two three D games on the, the SNES that shouldn't have been there. And it was like if you're in the distance and you see one of the enemies, they're thirteen pixels. You could count the pixels of them. Oh sure. It's just a blob. Yeah. Yeah. That game was the Doom on the SNES was terrible. Still a technical marvel, and I, I appreciate it, but it was terrible.
0: So what's the other thing I just saw that there's going to be a, a, a billion-dollar profit for Nintendo this year? Something like wow. that? The Switch is powering Nintendo toward a $1 billion profit. That's from CNN Tech, Money CNN. So, again, and I've brought up all these arguments before. I responded to Colin Moriarty, who I like. His argument about six, seven months ago, Nintendo should go third-party, and this is why. And I said to everyone – you just look at the hardware sales, the, the profit in the hardware sales and, and, the, and the extra Joy-Cons and the accessories, That's you can't give away that money because for every one failure like the Wii U, you have a success like the Wii, which is worth 20 failures. So Nintendo could survive for another 50 years failing every year because of the success of the Wii. They have plenty of money in the bank, yeah. It's, you know, I'm just very glad,
1: like I said, you know, and I... I was wrong because i don't want who would want to see nintendo like fail like there's people out there who's like oh i wish nintendo fails like why why do you wish a company fails even if you're not a fan of them why would you want less competition in the market why would you want less innovation you want to spend more money and have crappier games that's all you would get out of it
0: yeah it's, it's you know it's, what I'm it's, saying? It's, it's hive mind and, and nativism which we talk about toxicity on the internet and how that exists. But it's the same with, with politics as it is for game consoles. For some reason you have to choose a side, Sony or Microsoft, you know, PC or console. And it's like, why why do you have to do that again? You know, like even back like even back in the quote unquote the you know the 16 bit war days, I, I like people, yeah, people said, yeah, Genesis is better, Super Nintendo is better, but it's not like you didn't play both still. Like your friend had a Genesis, you still played the game. It's not like you refused to play the games on it. I think a lot of these like, because fa-
1: there's a lot of fanboy channels like with small and big on YouTube that they do it to pander. I bet they have all the damn systems including a <laughs> gaming PC. They don't, but that's the thing. People people like hearing what they want to hear, whether it be politics or gaming or religion or whatever the hell the case may be. They go somewhere like, okay, this this YouTube channel is my safe space and he's only going to say good things about Sony or Nintendo or Microsoft. So they like going to it and that's why people say, because they know they won't leave ass hurt. But I'm telling you, these guys behind the scenes, they probably have every friggin' system out there and they're just not letting them know.
0: So you know, are you saying that wow, audience members don't like to be necessarily challenged on what they think? Or, or?
1: I know there are certain people <laughs> that don't
0: want to be challenged on what they
1: think. I know. If I I seriously think if I stepped, if I stayed in one lane and didn't change my opinions and admitted when I was wrong. I think I would probably have a much bigger following on YouTube, but but I, I I come out and say, look, I screwed up. I did it with PewDiePie too, and everyone had a conspiracy about that. Oh, you you're just changing your mind because you 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 wanted to make another video and get ad revenue off of it. I'm like, <laughs> well,
0: I don't think you. Sh- well, I, it's all the conversation. I don't think you should have had to apologize for anything with that. But um, but that's all the conversation.
1: Well, then he did something later that he screwed up on, and I said, look, I think he should get called out on it when he what he said during the live stream, but you know that that
0: one I- that <laughs> was funny that the blowback i got from that was just as big uh when something that when he clearly admitted he was wrong too on the live stream it's like and people are coming after me for saying that wow this guy's screwing it up for all of us you know this is a guy that contributed to the adpocalypse and he's not learning his ways and he's got to take responsibility and that was repeated by a lot of people and it's the honest truth and even he admitted that and then Someone calling that out to people, they don't want to hear that because they think, well, you're infringing on freedom of speech. It's like that's not the point. I got that, you know, because I was like
1: look, he screwed up, he did something wrong he should face some consequences to it but I don't think he should be banished to an island and starve to death because he did it either <laughs> and everyone's like, why don't and, and people, I had people on one side who wanted that to happen to him where he was banished to an island like, why aren't you, you know, what, what are you condoning what he said and I had people on the other side saying, oh you're against free speech like they said to you and I'm like, no I'm not saying either thing, I'm saying yes what he said was wrong but I don't think like his channel should be
0: shut down because of it. No. You know there, what i saying? There's, there's some nuance to these conversations except the people that usually... People can't leave, be nuanced. Well, well, here's the thing. There, there's, there are nuanced audience members, but those aren't necessarily going to be the ones leaving vitriolic comments, which is why well, I've, I've said to you in the past, and hopefully you've taken the heart, that you can't just go by nasty comments because... That's not the majority of people watching your videos. And it I was stupid, isn't. and I did. That was my <laughs> mistake.
1: That was where I was wrong. I did. Even with my format changes in the past, I did. I think even the people that were haters this time were like, "Wow, this is much better than anything he's done before." Uh, usually I usually have a call Rich a fat piece of shit, but he's a he's he's a fat piece of shit with a month, with much better production value. I can now respect this fat
0: piece of shit. Is that what they're saying? Yes, because he's a fat piece of shit in four K now. So, so do, do you see that? With your channel Semi soft boot relaunch Have you seen less toxicity in the comments Is there a yep. different audience there Or are you just yes. choosing to ignore it and not acknowledge it Well my, one thing I could say Is that
1: f- I would say Even over the past year if not more A lot of that toxicity has gone Decreased a significant amount I think what happens is whenever there's Drama like what happened with me back in late 2014 um, I don't know I think maybe we talked about it the last time I was Here but it, there's that, like, one period, almost like a year, where whatever you went through turns to, like, kind of like a meme. And it just, like, is just constantly pouted into your head. And then eventually people get sick of it and it goes away. I think it's kind of what happened. But I think, yeah, I'm noticing a different audience because people like to see a face. You know, this people, you know, the gameplay wasn't doing that. There was no way to connect to the audience. It was just, you know, you were staring at a, a loud, booming
0: voice over gameplay. So are you, are you, um, harder to attack because people are seeing your face in every video is that what are people feeling more guilty because it's no not- I
1: don't even know th- I just think it's just people got tired of what they were attacking me for I was like yeah you had a, a business fallout for 200 bucks over three years ago
0: I, th- I don't know if we went over that but I, I've heard of that happening before and there were videos back and forth about the issue at the time and then that and so, so that you're saying that it, that instance caused your channel a lot of pain just from that incident. Oh
1: yeah, it caused a lot of trolling. Caused a lot of trolling. I mean, the, people get trolled regardless, even if you don't do anything that 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 was an issue. But if there was any kind of drama, man, that's what trolls pick up on, and, and that was a that kind of stayed as a thorn in my side for almost two
0: years. Oh. Almost two
1: years. Well, yeah. I'm,
0: well, I'm glad you were able to move on. And people maybe got uh, matured. Maybe they got a job and weren't able to leave nasty comments on the same videos. You know, time after time. Or they got know.
1: laid and they 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 lost their virginity and realized life is more than you know being on the internet.
0: Oh no! Now, Rich, you're going to get nasty comments because. <laughs> What is what's wrong with that? What
1: what are you saying? What are you saying? Yeah, I know there's nothing I mean. wrong with
0: being a virgin. Well, that's not what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, that's not what I'm saying you're going either. After, I'm you're saying, going after going after virgins on the internet. I'm just now. saying
1: that sometimes when you, you go from not getting laid to getting laid, you're you're less frustrated. There's
0: there's more important things in life, and I think that's where we're getting at. Yes, we're not. I'm just being a dick. We've also lost the point of being civil to each other. So one of the things that I've seen is that when people have have come after me and Ian. About you know we had a problem with PewDiePie saying the n word on a live stream. Um, people are bending over backwards to say it's just a word. Why are you giving it power? Versus the obvious choice to me is don't act like an asshole to other people. Try not to be a, overtly be a douchebag. Isn't that the proper response? This isn't a this isn't necessarily a free speech issue as so much as let's just try to be cool with each other a little bit, like just a little bit at least. Is that really that hard to do? At
1: the end of the day, because the internet has done something. See, here's the thing: if I say something nasty to like you in person, there could be oh, you consequences have. to it. <laughs> no, I'm you, you, you know what I'm saying. But like, if if I say something nasty to you in person, you could say something nasty back. You could punch me in the face. You could say something. You know, you tell me to go fuck off and go away. Whereas when you're on the internet. Rich, you're a fat piece of shit. Rich, you're this. Rich, you're that. Rich, you. you, you Rich, you don't. You're, you're, you always lie in your videos, so on and so forth. Whatever the case, just say something nasty, much worse than what I just said. There's no consequence because you're behind a keyboard. You're generally anonymous unless someone really wants to find you, and they could just walk away. So there's that. Now that 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 shield is gone, I guess you could say, or that social structure where we're face to face, people
0: become animals for, la- for lack of a better term. There's a fairly big YouTuber that did an attack piece on me and Ian because of a response to the PewDiePie n-word thing, and what what I hang my hat on is is two things. Uh, One, that person would never say that stuff to my face ever, and it's not it's and it's not about physical altercation. It's about strength of your convictions, and if you're willing to attack me. Online, you should be able to attack me to my face and have at least a conversation where we either agree to disagree or maybe we work something out as men and, or, or, as, or as adults and come to some sort of, you know, okay, I understand your point. The other thing is that um, I, I kind of hang my hat on, not necessarily that I'm correct, but at least I might have a stronger c- conviction about what I'm talking about versus them and, and maybe that it might be pseudo-intellectuals or just, you know, they, they can't just back up what they're saying, is that in all, all my time going to these conventions – and I've been to dozens of them at this point. I've just been to five in the past uh, eight weeks, something like that. Not one person has come up to me and said, hey, Pat, I have an issue with you. your views in this video. I have an issue with this. Not a one. And we're talking conventions with tens of thousands of people when you add up that amount. Tens of thousands of people. And... And I have panels with hundreds of people at a time. I interact with hundreds of people at each of these conventions. And I'm not saying they're going to come up and attack me, but say, hey, Pat, I disagree with you. That doesn't ever happen. So that tells me the type of audience that these people cater to. That Not that their opinions don't matter, but they're not going to win in the end. Because they're not the ones trying to interact with people and be socially understanding with people to try to make a world. And this isn't me being trying to bloviate, but at least trying to make this a slightly better place just for interaction and social understanding. And that's not me being progressive. That's me just trying to be a nice person. I think trying to understand people and maybe they can't do that.
1: Well, one of, the things, one of the things I respected about you is when I met you at a video game con last year and you were sitting there selling the books we were talking. You're like, you know, I got a bone to pick with you. And you talked to me about that one video I did a while back and you were right. You know what I mean? But I respect that. I rather discuss something person to person and talk it out instead of just being like, oh, I'm a keyboard warrior and fuck you. And then that's it. Like that's not – that's not –
0: I can't think of the right word right now. You know, that that's not the way, that's not civilized. It's not the way it should be. The issue with being a culture warrior, or a warrior in general, is that first you're admitting some sort of weird wars going on that you can't prove a beginning and you don't know where the end's going to be. Right? It's not like an actual war where people die and you sign a treaty, ending the war and you have terms to an agreement. This is why the war ended. So a culture war is fucking stupid and meaningless. And that goes for whatever side, left, right progressive conservative you're not going to win there's no win you just throw a, a football back and forth into each other's face so that's the first problem the second problem is uh, you're never going to build bridges thinking there's some sort of weird war going on because w- why would the other side even interact with you thinking there's some sort of weird winner takes all war going on well if, if, if you you can't interact with someone reasonably if, you, if both sides think it's a zero-sum game does that make sense yeah, no, it makes total sense. If, they, if, there, if there's no thinking there's compromise at all going into an interaction with someone, then there's never going to be a compromise. How are you going to bridge that gap if, if you think and there's two opposing I think what it is us. too is
1: that a lot of people don't want this compromise because they build their audiences on YouTube not compromising. They, they These people, again, it goes to the same thing I said before. There's an audience out there that just wants to hear what they want to hear, and if you give that to them – that's how you build up and, and there's a business in being a dick basically
0: for lack of a better term. Oh, sure. And I think there's also a fear individually for people admitting that they were wrong. Like you can't admit you're wrong. I could admit I'm wrong as rare as it could be. That's an asshole. But the, the, <laughs> point, the point is the fact that you are willing to admit you are wrong means you are willing to have a conversation. You are willing to be uh, persuaded about something. And I think there's many people out there in the quote unquote culture war who will never be able to be persuaded at all. Like no matter what. I had a I had a conversation with a woman. Uh it was Dallas, retro uh, Retropalooza, and it was from the airport to the hotel. It was a woman in her 50s, blonde woman with her daughter, daughter's probably mid-20s. They were there, she was they were from Green Bay. They were there to see the Dallas Cowboy games, uh, the Cowboy game that weekend, Green Bay versus Dallas. Within five minutes of interacting with the driver, it was like one of those shuttle vans going to the hotel. She found out that the driver was originally from California. So this woman starts attacking California uh, wholesale. It's a bunch of liberals. They think they, they run the whole US. They think they have all this oh, influence. God. And I'm, a, I'm from Jersey, right? And Jersey and California are pretty damn different. But hey, I've been in California the last eight years. So I actually start trying to interact with this woman and try to say, hey, listen, California is a pretty big state demographically and plus there's a lot of people there and we're not all the same i mean i'm in san diego there's so many marines and sailors that that live in san diego it's pretty darn conservative especially compared to the rest of the nation the fucking navy seals train in san diego for god's sake so I mean, this is where the freaking top gun took place in miramar about 20 minutes away from me so I'm trying to explain this to her and she wasn't thinking – she wasn't having any of it. She was just – she was already decided. She was like, well, you have to let the rest of the U.S. know that you're all like that because this is what we see on the news and everything. I'm just like, oh, here we go. So then she starts bringing up Colin Kaepernick and then kneeling. And then I'm, tr- I'm honestly trying to trying to persuade her about how, hey, we can agree on some sort of stuff here. Can we even agree that players have the right to protest? The NFL owners even said they kind of have a right to protest. They can do that, and she was having none of it. You know, she was she was she was the prototypical Trump voter. Not in so far that every Trump voter was like her, but she's going to be the last one clinging on as they impeach Trump, which they probably eventually will. She'll still be looking for yes, ways the, to absolve it. I, I think, and we're at the writing
1: is on the wall at this point with Trump. It, it, it's funny though. Before we get onto that, because that's gonna be something very entertaining to talk about. It's kind of that's that's happened to me too. There was someone on YouTube who's fairly prominent. I won't name the person's name. And a while back, there was information. It ended up being false, but there, you know, but there was information that came out that about Michael Jackson how he had like books that could one could be considered pedophilia And so on and so forth. That the police department found him, and I just posted the link on Twitter. I'm like, oh, this is not good. This guy who I was actually friends with before, again, he has a YouTube channel, I'm not going to name it, went on a rant in his video, called me all these different names, you, you fat bastard, this and that, all because I posted a link to another to an article of someone saying this was in Michael Jackson's house, a news article. You have to be you have to be more responsible with what you post on Twitter. I'm like, dude like cnn it makes mistakes too like and i'm not even a journalist i posted a link from a news website saying that this was found in his house like you go on and you attack on it and it was and he literally like he will have he won't he will not contact me so on and so forth and it was like i almost quit twitter because of that too i'm like
0: this, is, posted, a bit, this like, is a big so youtuber are,
1: big enough do big i enough. do I know this person probably i'll off the record i'll name okay it, yes, <laughs> yes. Off the record, I'll name it. But, uh, you know, that's the thing is that no one, like why, like if he posted a link that I knew was misinformation, I would be like, I would probably, I would not even probably, I may not even go on Twitter. I would probably would have been like, yo, dude, or message him in, on Twitter and not do it publicly and be like, yo, man, I know that's false. I could prove it with XYZ. I Y, Z. I wouldn't be like, you fucking piece of shit. How the fuck you do that? I'm unfriending you on, on Skype. Was well, this blah, person blah, blah. a giant
0: Michael Jackson fan at the same time?
1: I, they must be. So you're talking about
0: retractability of, I guess, point of view, and once you cross this line, there's no going back. It's like, to me, that that's not necessarily the same issue I was speaking of with the woman from Green Bay. But you're talking about just a, just a uh, non ability to have a rational discussion and to talk things yeah, out. Yeah,
1: basically that's how I was seeing with what you were saying. Like, yeah. there's some people that just like. My viewpoint is the best viewpoint. Fuck your viewpoint is basically what I was. Yeah.
0: And I was even trying to joke with this woman. And what, my, my hope was this though, the daughter was so embarrassed and the daughter was about 25 years younger. 30 years younger, she was embarrassed for her mother's behavior. I don't think it was embarrassed because of me because I was being calm and the woman was getting worked out. It's like, oh, well, you're from California. Oh. And it's like, like I'm some sort of hippie liberal like Frank who's closer to a hippie liberal. And it's like I'm pretty even killed and pretty moderate when it comes to my – I'm actually pretty liberal when it comes to a lot of stuff. But I'm not so far off, off the deep end either way that I can at least see sides to different issues. And That's this how is a, I am. But this is a person that wasn't having any of it. Uh, I couldn't even joke about her saying, "Hey, can we agree we both hate the Cowboys?" And she wasn't even having that at that point. She wanted no civil interaction with me. She did, she saw me as as an enemy of the state almost. I've
1: had people see. I've had people see me like that too. It's it's scary. It's almost like with Trump these. I mean, I know there's always been the people like this there, but now that they're like they're like out, they came out of the closet now. Like, yeah, Trump's in office, so everything, all of my ideals are superior to your ideals. So fuck you. It's basically what it comes down to.
0: Yeah, and and, and I'm not. I, I hate that. You know what? You know why I dislike Donald Trump because he made me like LeBron James a little bit. And I said not stand LeBron James. <laughs> LeBron 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 James said that Trump made racism fashionable again, and it's not that I he did. created a racist sentiment. Like you said, he's allowed it to blossom again. He, he allowed people to be overtly racist again, hiding behind, well, words, are, these are just words or your, you know, your feelings don't matter as much as my right to free speech. So all sense of civility has gone out the window now because he's leading by example. And it. another byproduct of that is then
1: you have the other extreme now that's overly politically correct where right? even a few years ago I didn't see that. Where people are offended by things that I think are absolutely ridiculous. Well, that's well. I think
0: Trump was partially a backlash to that. So I think there's there's again, it's it's like a rubber band. He did both. Yeah, he did both. There was a snapback, and it's like yeah, at the time, hell, I, I I did I did an NES punk video, basically that sort of um, spoke to overly PC culture about three years ago when it, I thought it got out of control. Uh, but I think Trump was those people backlashing against that. So again, you have extremes, and what what happens when you have extremes? They go it just it's a paddle, it's like a pong game, going back and forth. And you have Absolutely. reasonable people in the middle, like what the fuck's going on around me? Like what am I doing? Like what, like, and both sides hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yeah. you hope not, right? You hope that you have people that can at least you bring people from the extremes in a little bit, a little at a time. You are not saying you're gonna, it's going to happen overnight, it, it, like it can't, you know. But at least you can talk to the people. Like, so I talked to someone like, you know, Ian, I'd say a center left. He's not left wing, but I know Ian probably knows people that are left wing. So if I talk to Ian and we have an agreement and I'm here, he's here. Maybe he can bring people from the left side a little bit closer. Maybe people center right can talk to their friends on the right wing and bring them. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's where, where the hope is, is that hope. people clo- hope. people closer <laughs> – to the center can drag the people on the extremes in just a little bit at a time. And, and maybe that's, maybe that's where this can end up by the midterm of next year, going back to politics with everything is that if, if, if it comes out that here, here's direct evidence of Russian collusion, this is no longer a right versus left issue. This is Russian collusion. Clinton's not president. She never became president. Forget about her for now. And maybe there was some bad shit going on there. But now we're focusing on who's in power now. If people can open their eyes to that, there's hope. There's hope. If not, there's no hope. I mean, that's that's the best you can say. It'll
1: be interesting to see what happens with American society if Trump is impeached. It'll be uh, it.
0: There's damage. The damage is done either way. It's just how quickly we'll be able to repair the damage that's already been done. Or if, the, or if the
1: damage will become even worse because he's gone, because you know conspiracy theories are going to come out as to why he's gone. Everyone and their mother is not going to want to admit that he was just a fucking idiot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Fake news, it, fake news, fake news. Yeah, and he—he he, the one thing he's done successfully, if nothing else, is he's made fake news a thing. Where fake, even if the news isn't fake and the news is a hundred percent accurate, which I, I, you know I know there's stuff that comes out that's questionable. Oh, it's fake news, and people just buy it. You know, he, he could say fake news on Twitter; it gets retweeted a billion times, and they're like, yeah, Donald Trump, MAGA, and it's like, dude, seriously? Like, it, and it's scary.
0: It's it's yeah. He's he's turned he's turned the fourth estate, you know, the new the traditional news media into an enemy of the state, which is dangerous. That's that's what very dangerous. that's what dictators do. And not not to say that the the media is always right, but they're there as a barrier to protect you from the government. And the fact that conservatives can't see that, or some conservatives, you can say the fact that they're ignoring that and just following whatever tweets they see from the president—that's that's 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 totalitarianism. That that's where the road leads. You're, 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 the road leads to fascism,
1: and that's what people don't realize. Like, look, you may fine, you don't like what NBC said, but you don't want to take their fucking license. I believe it was NBC take their license away. Like you, you stop the news, then they. What are you going to have? State-run news like North Korea.
0: Yeah, let's just do that then. Let's okay. CNN is fake news. ABC, NBC, MSNBC. So we'll just have Fox, which has almost become state news at this point. Pretty much, it's it's become worse. Someone like Sean Hannity is a propagandist at this point. You know, so we can have that, and then we'll have whatever the White House says. That's better. What protection is that would would the side saying that now be acceptable to that if the shoe was on the other foot and if Hillary was president and she disbanded all the news networks except for MSNBC they would have lost their minds so that's the that's what I think the argument you have to at least have and say listen think about if this happened and you were not in favor of opposing views would this be okay to you and you have to you have to play upon people's intellectual honesty to be to be honest with themselves be like okay no This is not no longer just a game of tug of war. This isn't a game of dodgeball. This is consequential, not just for the party in power now, but when the party is not in power, there's protections that have to still exist. And I'm hoping that people start to see that. And then again, social media is just the loudest people, extremists that are usually yelling. So, well, that's what you know,
1: and it's not just Trump. Like I, I freaked out back in the day during 2011 and 2012, and Obama signed the National Defense Authorization Act, which I don't remember the exact um, what was exactly in the writing, but it basically allowed them to lock people up without actually going through a trial. Yeah. You know how dangerous that is? You know, it's, everyone's like, oh, you're just against Trump. I'm like, no, I've been against things Bush did. I've been against, you know, there just wasn't the same social media back then for me to
0: bitch about it. The fact that, the fact that there was a, uh, Obama had a kill list of American citizens that it would be okay to take out. Yeah. That's scary as hell. I didn't agree with that. I had a major problem with that major problem because their due process was gone. Uh, yes. If, 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 there's a citizen that goes overseas and starts doing, you know, hanging out with terrorists, And that's the only way you can take care of them is sure. But I always maintain you got to try to bring him back alive and try him for treason. But maybe that's just me being sentimental about due process in the Fourth Amendment. You know, like maybe that's what that is. You should be able to point out these issues no matter what president and parties in power. You should be able to point these out. And if not, then you're not really being principled. Like you said, it's just a game of dodgeball at that point and people bring up to me when I I call out Trump which first off I'm
1: not a fan of Hillary either you know sure I I did not like either candidate pretty much equally but everyone's like oh why don't you talk about the same thing about Bush when he you know went to Iraq and that was wrong And all like because one there wasn't social media wasn't there and I wasn't doing what I was doing I I was against it but I just wasn't you know you didn't see me talking about it back then and everyone's like why do you want to do something now about Trump like people even say that Bush may have gotten in office because his brother rigged the election in Florida I'm not saying those things should have been tolerated, but there should be eventually a point where we draw the line, in the saying where we have to stop people in power from doing shit. If it starts with Trump, then so be
0: it. You're talking about what? What aboutism? Which is what leads the day now. It's like let's not discuss issues that are happening now. Let's talk about your proposed reaction to other shit that doesn't matter anymore. They're trying to do
1: that with Mueller himself. Like, well, he didn't do the same thing with Clinton, so he should be fired. Because now there's people who I'm sure there's other people on the GOP that were in cahoots. If there was. Collusion, I'm still going to say Alleged collusion because alleged. proven yet for Trump. <laughs> you know, but if there is, theres is I'm sure there's other people in the GOP, GOP Who are in on it So they're like, oh, we have to find an excuse to fire Mueller right now And it's like, dude, you fire Mueller People should be rioting in the streets You know, I'm not saying oh, I want to see that happen But at the same
0: time That would, that would be the, the, uh, the bridge too far I think for a, a ton of people And especially, you know, moderates Because then there's no rule of law anymore At that point because that's what happened with Nixon and Watergate you know and so at that point it's like okay you can't fire the guy who's just following where the evidence is leading because now it's a banana republic if you do that there's no more checks and balances at that point
1: yeah people need to be People need to be picketing in the street. I shouldn't have said riot. That wasn't the word I meant. But people should be picketing in the streets, and you know, if, if that happens, because that that that's going into a dictatorship. If if there's a guy in power that could just fire anyone who's questioning him, that's dangerous. That is the
0: president's not a king.
1: Yeah, and that would make him a king. He would be King Trump. King, yeah, well, I don't want a fucking King Trump.
0: Yeah, I think I think you're gonna get. I yeah, I, I think unless well, unless they do, let's put it this way if they did that you, you might as well you'd have to impeach them even before the facts came out and the republicans uh, in the house would have to grow a pair to do that because you have to uh, file you know you have to have the impeachment you put the articles in the house the senate has to uh convict
1: what what i hear is what i hear is this i'm not sure about the process of that and i don't want to say you're right or wrong cuz i'm not sure what i hear is they want to impeach him or they want to go through with it but they want him to pass those tax cuts for their rich donors first before they get rid of him that those tax cuts aren't going to pass anyway i they just won't they just won't i, I hope not cuz that would definitely affect me too but you know that that's the th- that's what I hear is that they, there's people who think he's a whack job bolt on the GOP side, but they want him to pass those tax cuts for their donors first.
0: Yeah, well, the, the, the tax cuts would hurt self-employed people. From I look like if, if they get rid of all the deductions on stuff, I'll be screwed. If, if, if small businesses and self-employed people can have business deductions to the extent, maybe they'll keep them for us. But I would be so screwed because uh, because basically that would mean like for example the 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 income then for shipping, like like when I sell a book, I take in cost to ship the item. I'm not pocketing that money. That money's going elsewhere. That's not part of my income. So if I don't deduct that and I'm getting tax on income I'm not actually receiving, I'm screwed. Like that. That would be wow. impossible. So think about that for other small businesses. If they can't take normal business deductions. Like that, individuals. You all of a sudden you're looking at, oh, now what do I do in order to make up that? If I'm getting screwed, I got to jack the price of my products up. I got to change how this whole thing works to get around it. So like, it, it's all nice. It's all nice and dear to say, oh, the tax code should fit on a postcard. That might work for you. It doesn't work for everyone. It doesn't work for me. It may not work for a small business.
1: It would hurt me in terms of the fact that my state in, my state income tax would go way up, way up. If, if, if his laws went. That's what I found out through someone I know that's an accountant. They're like, yeah, that's where you would get the hit the most is your state income tax would go through the roof. But, that, but whatever my point being is that that's what I'm hearing on the GOP side is that that's why they're like, yeah, we're going to tolerate Trump until he does it. Then maybe we'll think about impeaching him.
0: Well, there you go. Then you have no principles. You have no backbone. If that's the case, well, we
1: do that already, and that's on, that's, that's not a GOP. So that's on both sides. Oh there, sure, there's people there. There are people that you know many the people there are just to collect the check, and they know they have a nice cushy job when they get out of there making seven figures because they 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 did what their donors wanted. Oh
0: sure, John Boehner went. He went to being a lobbyist down the street after he yeah. he left they all Congress. Do that. Yeah, so that's a nice system, right? <laughs> then you have then you have
1: Obama giving speeches. You know. Uh, and believe me, I, I, Obama is a peach compared to what we have now. But Obama's given speeches at Wall Street for like what was it, four hundred thousand dollars? He got paid for like for speaking.
0: Sure, Spe- speech money, speaking. Yeah,
1: they're paying him for a speech. AKA, that's part of the money he's getting because he was bribed. Yeah, and they they all do that, man. That's all the pol- Until money is out of politics, until money is out of politics. Not, yeah, not cannot- not a
0: not a delayed payoff. It's speaking fees. How how important is a speech? Uh, an hour speech that's worth half a million dollars. What the hell could I possibly learn in that speech that's that important?
1: Because he was soft on the banks. And the banks are like, here you go.
0: You re- you, we made possibly trillions of dollars off of what you did, so here you go. Collapse the economy and not one person goes to prison. They collapse the economy with, with the housing crisis and rubber-stamping loans and then trading bad loans to other people until it collapses on itself. And then no one goes to prison? No one's indicted for that. No one. Although, remember that. Remember back in '05 and '06, the whole
1: subprime market where people with shit credit. I remember. I, I, I there was people who were, I knew people in the mortgage industry who you didn't have to even prove your income and they could get you a more get you a loan for a house. Absolutely insane. That goes back to the Clinton era, though. Well, they they yeah. want. He signed that into law, and it it, it was I th- I believe it was galvanized by something that Bush did. I could be wrong about that, and it just continued. Yeah, and then you have all these people who can't pay, and so they you had a whole bunch of foreclosures, which caused which was part of the reason that that collapse happened, you know. And then Obama went. And the funny thing about Obama is that when he campaigned, if you looked at his campaigns back, what he was doing, rallies and whatever the case may be, he was all about oh I'm going to be tough on banks, and we you know we're not I'm not going to tell. What did he do when he got in?
0: He didn't do a thing when he got in there, man. Not a thing. Well, he has his nice speeches now. So the whole point is that, you know, you can call out the bad on both sides. The issue is now I'm more concerned about people that are bad that are in power. That should be yes, the focus. Exactly. That's why everyone's like, well, will Hillary Clinton
1: do this? I'm like, but she's not the president. The guy who is the. President of the United States, that's who my concern is right now. You want to go after her later, Godspeed to so you, go after her later. I'm not, I'm, I don't want to see her get away with shit, but he is in power right now. And if he got there through doing things, colluding with Russia, if he got there through by manipulating our electoral process, yes, I want him fucking gone. And yes, I want his feet held to the fire.
0: Sure. And, and that's fair, but I think people would have a problem with, even with you saying that because they might be stuck in their sort of tunnel vision us-versus-them sort of moment. And I I hope that we get out of it. I mean, the good news is that he has only a 33% approval rate according to Gallup, which is extremely low, especially only 10 months into a presidency. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you might have people like a 25% clinging on to him no matter what. I mean, if he shoots someone in the head in the White House lawn, they'd still find a reason to support him. You know what I mean? You're going to have that no matter what. You just hope that the people that might come to their senses – the people that are like, well, I don't love Trump, but he can shake he can shake things up. He's not a politician. And maybe that's why they voted for him. They might have voted for the wrong candidate, but for them the that's right reason. That's definitely reasons. why they voted for him. Those people have to leave, and I think they are at this point. Like people like my people like my dad, who who probably voted for Trump, don't like the guy, but they're like, well, he's not Hillary Clinton, he's not a Democrat, he's not a career politician. He's not a career politician. They got to. They, well they got to come to their senses and be like, "Oh, okay, this might have been a mistake, and I got to admit it now."
1: Even though this, it's scary, but I think he's polling much higher with people that are actually registered Republicans, though, which is scary. Well, of
0: course, well, among registered Republicans, it's always because they be don't
1: they don't want it. They don't want to because they, they, they people just don't like admitting when they're wrong, and it's sad. They they rather things crumble around them than admit when they're wrong. Sure, like people in Nintendo Switch. So- <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's so many people out there still hoping that system's doomed Because they just don't want to admit that they're wrong well, they'll, they'll, which,
0: they'll, be, they'll be wishing in their graves As the flesh rots away from their corpse Is that too graphic? But, <laughs> or, when peop- or when other people or when other people Are enjoying the
1: system and they're sitting there Pouting in a corner because they don't want to pick it up Or they secretly have it but they're going to pretend On their
0: channel that they don't Sure. Well Rich this has been great It's been great it's uh, been awesome, catching man. up with you uh, for sure, you know we had a little bit of a of a delay here. You guys won't see that in the editing. So, people, where can people find the Great Review Tech USA channel and on Twitter? As of now, you can find me on Twitter at the real RTU, uh,
1: exactly how it sounds, and uh, obviously on, uh, if I could talk on YouTube, <laughs> you can find me on Review Tech USA again, exactly how it sounds. So,
0: thanks everyone, and check out Rich's videos. And you now he's going to be on YouTube Live doing his rich and red podcast and he's getting out there. He's following the good CU podcast model. So let's wish him luck with that. And have a and have a, have a great Halloween. Your, your your little guys probably a little bit too young to go trick or treating, but you know, maybe next year you can go out. You can then keep all the Snickers and Twix bars.
1: <laughs> I don't need a Snickers and Twix bars. <laughs> that's what that's the last thing I need. But anyway, Pat, thank you for having me on and
0: I appreciate it. Thanks again to Rich for speaking to me today. Before I go, let me tell you about That's It Bites. You know That's It Fruit and Veggie Bars. Ian and I have talked about them time and time again. They're the yummy, all-natural, non-GMO, gluten-free, non-preservative, low-fat snacks, and they taste delicious. Now they have That's It Bites. What is That's It Bites? Well, they're about 150 calories. They are chocolate-covered fruit truffles, like apple and banana, apple and coconut, Apple and strawberry, and it's dark chocolate. Again, these are no preservative, gluten free, vegan, non GMO, low fat, no soy, and they're delicious. It's a healthy snack, healthy dessert, and you get a couple servings of fruit at the same time. Go to that'sitfruit.com and enter code not common to save 10% on any order today. I'm looking at the ingredients. Apple, coconut, and dark chocolate. That's it. Low fat, no preservatives vegan certified paleo friendly it's a great way to get two full servings of fruit every day while enjoying a nice delicious treat again go to that's it use code not common when checking out and you save 10 percent on your order you can also find that's it fruit and veggie bars as well as the that's it bites at your local cvs that's it for this edition of the not so common podcast if you enjoyed it please think about subscribing on YouTube, or if you listen to the audio version on your podcast platform of choice. That would be Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, or whatever else you use to listen to podcasts. You can like the podcast and leave a comment to help give it a boost, and also let others know on social media how much you enjoy it. Finally, if you'd like to directly support me in the Not So Common Podcast, please consider checking out my Patreon at patreon.com slash Thanks, and I'll see you next time.